1: Thank you for joining us on this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum. I'm your host, Rebecca Cressman. Joining us today is the Assistant Vice President with Intermountain Healthcare, who leads pain management services there, Kim Campani. Kim, thank you so much for being a part of Utah Weekly Forum. Rebecca Hi, you know it's interesting as I was preparing for this interview as we're going to be talking about know your script and prescription misuse. I was interested to find out that during the pandemic we saw the an increase in misusing pain medication. Is that correct? Yeah, I think it's,
0: it's great you know I think that we want to bring awareness so during the pandemic, you know we've had so much anxiety and depression and isolation. And we found that the public has turned to um, alternative sources for coping, Um, prescription medications, uh, street medications, just many different ways that we're doing that. So today we really want to bring awareness about what we've we've learned through this pandemic.
1: Well, let's talk about that. Uh, You know, we can start, maybe if that's okay, with a look at children, because it isn't just adults that started to reach out for ways to cope and ways that could harm us. Tell me a little bit about that, the use of 6th through 8th graders.
0: Certainly. So there has been an increase in, in school-age children and teenagers abusing uh, prescription medications and also medications or, or illegal medications. And so we want to make sure that we are bringing awareness about this topic, specifically knowing that this is, this is a risk and that we need to be having conversations with our children and our teenagers about the risks of abusing uh, prescription medications, making sure that they understand that 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 isn't right, and maybe helping to seek out some alternative treatments for them so that we can send them off in the right journey.
1: It's interesting. Uh, I was just looking at the Intermountain Healthcare website and at something called the stress toolbox and how important it is for each of us in different situations to become really aware of how our own body and minds react under stress and then have those kind of tools in place. So, you know, it it almost seems like one of the antidotes to experiences like we've been having with the pandemic. But I kind of launched us into one of the findings of that SHARP survey, you know, focusing on sixth through eighth graders. Tell us more. More. What did that sharp survey reveal to us?
0: Well, the survey was, was really brought a lot of um, you know awareness and attention to to these sixth through eighth graders that they have. We found that they have been abusing prescription uh, sedatives, um, as as an example, turning to alternative sources because we know that people have felt isolated. They felt they've been you know at home. They haven't been able to socialize with their friends. They felt alone and maybe haven't felt like they've had people to talk to to work through some of those problems and issues they've had in the past. And so we've also seen uh, student mental health has had an increase in anxiety and depression and feeling of being isolated isolated, which result in higher and easier access to prescription stimulants, sedatives. Also, you know, we've seen decreased motivation which is also the, I think sometimes led these, these students to access these other medications and, and ways to treat and cope that are not the right options for them. They're not able to seek the appropriate treatment.
1: And I would think about how much more vulnerable young um, children are and young adults are because in life, ideally, we kind of develop uh, coping mechanisms as we come along for adults. Um, but for children, they're still learning how to uh, identify when they need help, how to communicate when they need help or where to go and what to do. So where are they getting access to the prescriptions that they're misusing and some of the other uh, medications you're identifying?
0: That's a really great question. And first of all, I think we want to just let people know that there is an in, there's a perceived risk. Like I should say, there's a decrease in that perceived risk of sharing prescriptions among youth. Um, they're thinking that it's, it's okay. And many of the times, they are actually getting medications in their own homes. Um, over 50% of the misused prescriptions come from friends and families. So they are they are seeking out options to help them. And they know they've seen... Um, their parents or their grandparents or their friends taking medications, and they know where those are in the home and they have easy access to them. So that's the main source of where these school-age children are getting access to these medications.
1: And, and uh, talk to me a bit about interventions. So we're knowing or we're learning from this survey and maybe even having children at home, we are seeing that our kids kind of were in a funk and, and this was very difficult for them to be out of their normal schedule and away from their friends and all the schooling that was occurring at home and everybody's balancing the fears and, and the real impact of the pandemic. What are some of these intervention steps then that parents can do knowing that these kids are, have been at risk or possibly have already increased their access to prescription drugs in the house?
0: Well, I think the first thing is we want to make sure that parents, grandparents, that we're having conversations with kids about the dangers, not only of street drugs, illicit drugs. I mean, those are the ones that we hear about all the time, that those are so dangerous for us. But I think we miss the boat sometimes about talking about the risk of prescription medications as well. They can be very harmful, dangerous, especially if they're taken uh, for someone who they were not prescribed. Um, Making sure that we're having those conversations and bringing um, awareness to them, letting them know that it's not okay to do that, it's unsafe, and it's actually illegal to take somebody else's medication. And that's something that a lot of people are not aware. We found that uh, teenagers, more more than a quarter of them, uh, they, they have a perception that using prescription drugs is safer than using street drugs, so they're more likely to do that. So the reason we want to bring, uh, bring this topic today is just to make sure that we are talking to our, our kids and our teenagers about the risks of prescription medication and the importance of not utilizing or not using those if they weren't prescribed to us. So I think that's where we want to start is, let's have those conversations let's keep those the, the dialogue going so that we can keep our students and our and our children safe
1: well, and and I appreciate that clarification because if we think about where are children spending uh, the most time, especially during the pandemic, it is in the home, and the influence we have of parents of knowing, okay, we got to have those conversations with them. We also have to take a look at what's in our cabinets, what's in our drawers, and identify those with her with the children. I was looking at that same research that said that more than one in four teens thought that using prescription drugs to get high was safer than using street drugs but that parents had that same, some parents had that same incorrect belief that it was okay for their kids to misuse prescription drugs in the house. So we still have to kind of get that message across to parents too.
0: Yes, we do. And I think the message we want to say is any, any, any drugs, any medication, that they're not prescribed for that patient, um, should not be taken by somebody else. Specifically, like we said, we always have those conversations, and we hear a lot about those street drugs. But We want to really bring the, the topic on prescription drugs as well. You know, we found that teens who have learned about the dangers of misusing prescription drugs from their parents or grandparents were actually 42% less likely to abuse prescription drugs than teens who did not talk to their parents or grandparents about the issue. So we've got some really great research that these conversations do help.
1: Well, and, and I love that you've included grandparents as well, because there are a lot of different caretakers and a lot of people who influence and mentor teenagers that can have that conversation. And just in terms of modeling, and for those who just joined us, this is Kim Campani. She is the Assistant Vice President with Intermountain Healthcare and leads the pain management services at Intermountain Healthcare. And we're talking about um, misusing prescription drugs. Um, a recent survey that was out that showed us that we had an increase in, in, um, in teenagers misusing prescription prescription drugs and street drugs uh, during the pandemic, and the things that we can do as parents to empower them. So, Kim, how would that conversation? What would that conversation look like? Let's say whether we're a grandparent or a parent, how would we bring this topic up?
0: Well, I think first of all, if there's you know if we don't have any concerns, it's just let's just let's just start talking about um, in our homes. You know, we know the pandemic has been hard. And there's, you know, some people may feel a little depressed or a little isolated, or maybe have feelings they haven't had in the past. And bring up the subject that it's okay to have. Just let's talk about our feelings. You know, how are you feeling? Have those check-ins with the with our children to to really gauge how they're doing. Also, watch for signs that they are not that they are acting differently than they have in the past or that they are not acting as they normally would. So first of all, that awareness, that's when I would say have those conversations, but, but make it okay, make it a safe environment. So, you know, we bring that up periodically. Um, And and I, you know, I know this is something that I did in my own home. It's not a one-time conversation. This is something that, you know, we periodically would, would, um, we would review. We could talk about the pandemic, how it's been hard, you know some of the things we've heard about in in response to coping mechanisms for kids. We could also just talk about some different stories that we've heard from the news and and bring some that information with our kids. It's all about starting the conversations, but making it comfortable, have it ongoing, so that I think the more that we can discuss it, bring it up, so it becomes part of our our normal interaction with our children, the more likely they are to hear our message, and the less likely to think, oh there's stigma around that they they'll feel more comfortable coming to the, to you also just really make the kids feel safe hey it's okay if, if you see something or you hear something or you're curious and and you need some help or you you have questions about prescription medications street medications whatever it may be let them know that it's okay for them to come to you um, and have that safe conversation i think that's That's really uh, empowering both parents and children to feel good to talk about these topics
1: especially when you get into those young ages I I think about 12 and 13 and 14 year olds they are so vulnerable in so many ways trying to you know identify who they are themselves so afraid of disappointing others so many floods of emotions Mm -hmm. so that if we were to create that safe environment that says I promise you as a parent if you have any question about drugs about use you're seeing within your friends or in the school I'm not going to react angrily I want you to feel like I am the person to bring those those questions to and to, to kind of open it up that way I keep thinking about what you said Kim that teens who learn about how dangerous prescription drugs can be from their grandparents or parents are 42% less likely to abuse them I mean that's that's real influence that's real power and such an impact in these young children's lives you know
0: yes exactly and so having those conversations, but, you know, this is a, you know, we're a community and it takes a village to raise children, but I think to raise children, excuse me, but also teachers, friends, um, we can all be having those conversations in the right way. We don't want to ever just, we don't want to sc- threaten or scare children. We just want to make them aware that um, not only can street drugs, street drugs are dangerous, but prescription medications can be dangerous too. And so, um, just have those conversations and, and let's make it a topic that we discuss and let's help to reduce the stigma associated, associated with having those conversations.
1: And I think, too, uh, Kim, that understanding the potential impact prescription drugs can have on uh, on a person, like understanding what it does, that this might alleviate pain for just a moment, but it also can slow down your ability to breathe. It all, you know, that that has multiple components to it. So we have to understand that we're just not reaching for something that temporarily is going to make us feel good, but we're actually reaching for something that could, uh, could be lethal for ourselves, especially uh, when it's not been prescribed to us and we're using it uh, without being under the supervision of a medical provider. What about um, kids? So let's say, you know, in our home, we kind of Take a look at what's happening. We take a look at what medication we currently have in the house, so we're aware of uh, what's within the reach of our children. We have that conversation with them about how dangerous prescription drugs are, how it's illegal to misuse them if they're not prescribed uh, to you. That you want to be that safe place. What other ways do these youth get access to drugs? I started seeing stories about buying them online and social media. And so, what do uh, what do us as parents what do we need to watch for when it comes to the internet as a portal to access drugs
0: uh so i think what we would want to do is we you know our 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 children are on the internet and on their devices all the time so we want to monitor their use of the internet especially for any illegal online purchases check their history where have they been searching are they are they going to sites that you're that you're not aware are they seeking um, attention or help in, in unknown places. So I think just that awareness about uh, the internet and um, you know how your children are spending their time. Uh, you know, just a recommendation would be to make sure that you know you, you're also ret- you're routinely doing that. But maybe when they're using their their devices, their computers, that you're in the room with them so you can you can have um, kind of an oversight of what they're doing. I know that's not going to to solve anything, but just having Um, letting them know that you're there and that you care and having that uh, monitoring really can help as well as far as external usage and and illegal activity,
1: you know, it brings Rebecca. Go ahead, please.
0: But I was going to say some of the things that we could do in our home currently is around prescription medications is we can do a lot in our own homes to keep children safe, specifically by not stockpiling medications. When we are finished with the medication, we need to dispose of it properly. Because as I said, about 50% of the medication misused and abused from, from children, happens; they get that from in their homes. So making sure that we are not stockpiling medications, we're keeping them in a safe, locked place where um, kids don't have access to them. That can really be something that we do to keep everyone safe. Uh, once we're finished with medications, take them to local drop boxes. There's many uh, uh, drug programs, drug take-back programs throughout the state um, where you can bring your unused medications, even over-the-counter medications, everything, and dispose of them safely And so that you get them out of your house and also uh, helps to prevent any misuse or abuse from children. If you want more information about how to... Uh, um, dispose of medications, or where to find those drop boxes, you could always visit knowyourscript.org, and that gives more information there. If, if going to a drop box is something that patients, or excuse me, that parents or family members um, don't have access to, there's also other ways that you can dispose of medications properly. And again, that's the main thing, dispose of them once you're finished with them. So we could um, mix them with Uh, Use coffee grounds, put them in a used diaper, something along those lines, um, and then put them in a baggie and then toss them out into the garbage. We don't ever want to flush medications because that does get into our water system and, and can cause issues that way. But always that proper disposal of medications, I think, is really what we can do in our homes to keep everybody
1: safe. And I love that educational component, Kim, of explaining to your kids, we're going to dispose of this in a safe way because these are potentially dangerous for all of us. And so let's find the drop box. Let's go to knowyourscript.org. Let's find a local place to drop this off. And if not <laughs> the disposal, like you said, in a diaper or, or in kitty litter, making it so that it is not desirable and not accessible in our trash because uh all of us, kids, we're resourceful. So if you think that they're not going to reach into the trash can and get that capsule, you know, that box, they're going to get it,
0: right? I agree, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I was surprised. I'm glad you brought up the groundwater. It was surprising for me in the survey to read that 15% of Utahns flush prescriptions down the toilet. Um, You know, maybe in years gone by, we were taught that way by grandparents, but uh, that's no longer considered uh, the safe or appropriate way uh, to get rid of prescription drugs. You've given us so much helpful information. We only have a couple of minutes uh, left to um, discuss this, that what we can do as parents, what we can do as community members and neighbors and grandparents to help reduce um, our kids' propensity to misuse prescription drugs. Um, besides creating like a safe environment to talk about prescription misuse and its effects and its dangers, what are some of the other things we can do to kind of help stabilize these youth so that they don't reach out for pain medication?
0: Uh, again, just really having those conversations with the kids and making sure if we see things that concern us make sure that we can provide resources. They have somebody to talk to. Um, many times, you know, there's there's school counselors, there's, there's behavioral health specialists out in the community that can that help to talk to our kids, our teenagers, to help them cope with some of the anxiety, depression, sadness that they're feeling. And I just, and again, just let them know that it's okay to have those conversations if they feel comfortable with their teachers. Uh, Just help to connect those those dots for them, knowing that it's all right to, to talk to a friend. And many times they feel isolated and they're not able to do that. Um, so again, just really keeping a pulse on what's going on with children is very helpful. I was
1: thinking about, too, uh, you know, a, a family physician, a pediatrician, um, also normalizing saying if we're hurting inside, whether it's mentally or, or emotionally or physically, we can make an appointment with our pediatrician or our family doctor and talk about that emotional and mental pain and bring our teen, uh, with us and introduce them to that idea of talking about it. And, and I, I had also read that if your teen, because some of them have surgeries, some of them, you know, uh, whether it's the wisdom teeth being pulled out or whatever, might get access to prescription drugs, teaching your child, your teen, to have conversations with the medical provider, to ask them questions. When should I stop taking this medication? What, how could it endanger me? And to ask those questions so they gain more information about the prescription drugs that are prescribed to them safely.
0: Absolutely, yes. Um... We always want to encourage everybody to have conversations with their with their physicians, their doctors, their dentists, any healthcare provider that they're speaking. We're here to help. Um, Please know, ask questions and don't be afraid to not only ask questions, but if something doesn't seem clear or not right, continue to ask questions. Um, Make it we want to make it a safe environment so everybody feels like they have the, the information they need to lead healthy lives and to to remain safe. And so we've really been working on um, screening for different types of anxiety, depression, in all patients, specifically children, and doing what we can to help connect them to the resources that they need
1: and i love that so not only do you have that healthcare provider as one of your resources but remember the website that Kim Company shared with us it has information not only about drop boxes for where you can safely dispose of prescriptions but it also helps you as a, an adult to identify the risks of prescription misuse to know how to have those conversations it really is a, quite a tool for parents to have as we try to become more aware and protect our children from prescription misuse kim Campani from Intermountain Healthcare, Assistant Vice President. She leads the pain management services with Intermountain Healthcare. Thank you so much for sharing uh, the latest information on how our children are doing and ways as parents that we can protect and safeguard them. Thank you, Rebecca. And thank you for joining us for Utah Weekly Forum. And for more information, visit knowyourscript.org.